Hello and welcome to the Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims, and we're just going to dive right into it once again Two today. Two weeks in a row, yeah. Yeah, we're going to dive right in. Uh, joining us today uh, is a former Admirals captain, just retired, which is just weird to say uh, because he's played <laughs> a thousand games. Uh, he's a former Admirals captain, as I mentioned, Nolan Yonkman. Nolan, good to see you. Uh, you just kind of... You you kind of shook your head a little bit when I said it's weird to say that he's retired. How what do you uh, what do you think? Thanks for having me on, guys. It's a pleasure to be back in in Milwaukee here and doing this with you. I shook my hand and a little bit only because there is a little bit of a window here where there's a. I haven't officially announced it uh, oh. yet, so this is kind of I. You've said it a few times. I I've been just I've been still skating and training, and what had happened last year around this exact time, I had a I had a call from my old Finnish team. Uh, Yip Yavascula is where I played last uh, three seasons. So a year ago, That's actually That's the name today, of the city. Yavascula, correct. Okay. Central Finland. It's about three hours north of Helsinki. Okay, let's get this right. Yavascula okay. is the city. Yavascula is the city. But you said Yip. Yip. That's how they say JYP, the name of the team. Okay. Ah. So what so, does that mean? Um, is it a tiger? I mean, what is it? No, is it's yip? we actually a hurricane. It's it's kind of uh, our symbol is basically a hurricane symbol. Okay. Um, it, it has a translation. I can't, it, it's a abbreviation for JYP, right? So, but I can't pronounce that. <laughs> you have to look it up. Right. So, okay. yeah. Right, right. Yep. So, yep. It's, yep. it's spelled JYP in English terms, but pronounced yep in Finnish terms. Okay. Okay. So, we're kind of off the rails here, yes. but I'm back. That's how, that's how this show goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I like it. So, when you say uh, 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 retired, I just was like, okay, you know what, it is, it is kind of weird to say that because I have played, I played what would have been 18th seasons, I got my 1,000th uh, professional game last year, um, and I haven't really covered, covered, called it a quits yet, just to, just to see what's been out there. I've had a few offers already, which I haven't, uh, didn't like the offer, or didn't want to go to that country, or that league, or whatever, this is all Europe-based. Okay. Um, and I'd either go back to the Finnish league. There might be Germany might be an option, but if the contracts, a got to be right. And the city's got to be right. There's a lot of things that fall sure. into place. So what happens right now is that there's going to be a national team break in Europe. It's basically like an all-star break. GMs will now have taken a look. Now teams have played either 10 to about 15 games into their season. They're going to look at their young defensemen who they thought that were going to, everybody thinks they're going to win the Stanley cup, right? In a sense, um, if somebody's not ready, somebody's gotten injured. They've had some older injuries. They've had some kind of step back. So this is where now we'll they'll look at to outsource and imports around guys that have been established. I'm a little bit older, and this is perfect for me. I'm now 38. I went in last year and I played over 30 games, five months of hockey. It's great. I don't need to put in nine months anymore. I've actually, by the time we hit playoffs in April last year, I felt like I was peaking and it was great. I still finished really strong. So now I haven't said officially retired, but I'm also, my phone isn't off, but I'm also not looking for any trouble in a way. I'm feeling great physically. I feel great. My hands, my head, my knees, my back, everything feels great. So I'm in great shape. Um, and do I need to play again? Not necessarily. Mm -hmm. If it's the right fit, maybe, maybe, but I'll, I'll, I'll entertain that offer when it comes. But if not, in the meantime, I'll be working with you guys. Yes. Two, two things to, to follow up on that. One for sure. Uh, is it detrimental that you're not there for a situation like this? Obviously it hasn't been in the past. You went mm -hmm. there last year, like you said at about this time, but does it help? Would it help if you were living in 
Paris and and waiting to waiting for that call? That's a great question. And no, it doesn't. I actually like being able to train here. I, I, I train out with in Next Level in Waukesha. They, those guys have done a great job for me, getting me ready there. There's ice around here. Now with technology and, and the world, it actually is just a smaller place because I need to be in a hockey culture, whether I'm in Canada. Well, you know, although I, I would stay usually in, in Canada, but that were the NHL guys, but they're in season. So there's not there as much anymore. Yeah. So long as I'm I'm feeling comfortable in training, that phone is on, our email's on, or or wherever they want to contact you, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. So it's such a small, if they know your name is on the elite prospects and you're a free agent and I have agents working for me, say, listen, pick up that phone. There's discussions. Okay, a GM will call an agent or my agent one day and say, listen, I'm looking for an older def- defensive defenseman. You got anybody for me? Mm-hmm. That's where my name comes up. The other thing that I wanted to follow up on is you said you were peaking once the playoffs came and the rest you had at the beginning of the season. It wasn't a nine-month process. It'll never happen because of the business. But don't we think that that they're, they're, maybe we should get rid of morning skates? We don't need to warm up three times before we actually play a game. Maybe we should worry more about uh, the travel situation. There was something in the NHL. Jonathan Taves just had something in the, about the NHL travel. Why do we take three separate trips to New York to play three different teams when we could do them all in one trip and be in a, be in a bed, not, not, not flying until 2, 3 in the morning to get back home, but be, it, it makes mm-hmm. all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Are you almost like a baseball where a team comes in and plays for, uh, yes. for four days? Yes, yes. Right, so it yes, eliminates but, but, that. But, but I guess the focus focus being on rest and recovery as opposed to exertion 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 three mm-hmm. t- two mm-hmm. three times before you actually in a day before you actually get out there and, and play a mm-hmm. meaningful game one i think players are creatures of habit so the the morning skate was developed to kind of shake off the cobwebs i think we talked about guys back in the 70s they it might was have had a fred few, shiro fred shiro started it in philadelphia they might have had a nice steak dinner the night before and a few multiple and yeah i was okay. gonna say a little more than that so that kind of got it out it actually even part of i've heard rumors with would it actually conditioned the ice a little bit more where they would get that first skate on it in the morning, then they would put a flood and it would harden it. And then guys just kind of got into that routine. I know that, yeah, you're right. And I think we started, when I played back with the Admirals here, and, and Lane, and, Lane and Claude did a good job of that too, is that if you wanted to rest, it was an optional. You know, you can, you did what you needed to do to kind of get going. And I I definitely am a big believer, we, we go back to it, is, is rest can be a weapon, yeah. right? And there are times where you can feel sluggish, but then you have to be, a, that's all about being a professional. And especially at the American Hockey League level, you have to do something. We have Jason Norby that, okay, let me talk to him. He can get me on a bike or he can, we can play a little soccer. You see players doing it. Yeah, and you, you, you get to this level, you know what it takes for Nolan Yankman to be ready right. to play that right. game. You're a professional. And if you don't, if you don't play well, the coach isn't going to come back and say, well, you didn't warm up well enough, right? You need to figure that out on your own. It's not... It's not the coach's responsibility. All they're concerned with, I shouldn't say all they're concerned with, is their performance on the ice. Mm-hmm. But to that end, different guys have different ways to get ready. I remember Lane told me one time that he looked over in a uh, before a game, he looks over at Tristan Grant, and he's sleeping in his stall. Like he's just uh, clonked over. Just He's got a coffee there, but he's just you know having a little bit of a kipper. Right before, uh, you know, it was, not in, it was not between, it was before they went out for warm-ups, but that's just the way... He knew that he could sit there and have a four-minute nap and still be ready to go. I mean, that guy, if anybody didn't lack intensity, 
that guy had never had a problem with uh, being intense. But it, uh, it's, it's, it's a strange – everybody knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I do think the game has definitely changed a lot with, with the way they approach that. I see it a lot more with younger kids and stuff. And, and the game's a different body. The structure and the makeup of, of hockey players that are coming in, you know, they're a different more – are a different athlete. They're not as heavy as anymore. You know, right. the guys like myself, Scott Ford, Kristen Grant, you know, they were big guys back then. Now we're looking at more Connor McDavid's tall, lanky, moving kind of, you know, even we go smaller to Johnny Goudreau's, you know what I mean? These right. kind of, these kind of uh, block. Well, we got guys around, right. That are, that doesn't take as much, my point being that it doesn't take as much to get the engine going. Yeah. Okay. And, and, um, but, but again, rest is, is, is the weapon with nutrition is so, so huge on it. And, uh, with the travel, I know the NHL schedule, I, I have no real sympathy for the NHL. They, <laughs> yeah. Right. They have it they've so never good already. <laughs> they've never been on a six hour bus ride to Des Moines, which incidentally back in, I, you were hurt. You had hurt, maybe hurt a knee or something like that. And we play in, we're on the road. And you're cleared to play. Hey, great. The captain's back. We love it. Well, the captain's got to get to the game. So you tell, well, let, why don't you sit, tell sure, it? Sure. Well, I happened? do remember that. That was one of the most weird. It was almost like a twilight zone. It was, a, it was like a horror movie in a way. Here's why. So I think the team was actually on the road. For sure. And they, I wasn't cleared to play. I, I believe I might have been coming back from a concussion. I don't know what the injury exact was. Doesn't it, matter. It, it doesn't matter. I was cleared to play in Iowa, and Lane Lambert was the coach at the time, and they're like, you know what? If you're ready to play, meet us in Iowa. Okay. Because we're bussing home from Iowa. Yes. We fl- fly into Des Moines from yes. San Antonio maybe or wherever. Okay. Yes. And we're bussing home, so a bus has to be there. That's right. So the bus leaves from Milwaukee. Now, they've scheduled it to say, okay, I'm going to be on that bus. Right. Now, it's but just w- you. Just me. I mean, this is a team chartered bus, and it is interesting to pack your own bag on this huge charter bus, right. just your own stuff. I took my normal seat <laughs> at the, back, <laughs> the, of the bus, back of the bus. At the very back of the bus. I put in my own movie. Right. And, I mean, there was no remember, critics. Do you remember who the bus driver was? By I don't know if it was Mike Brockman. Yeah. I, I, I think that he's he's been in the past. I, I might have been him. Um, <laughs> so you're the only guy only on guy. a 50-passenger yeah, bus. Yeah, fell asleep, woke up. Where am I? Things are still moving. There's <laughs> nobody around. <laughs> Did you get the cards out? You're like, hey. hey uh, yeah. Uh, Were you yeah. a card player? Uh, I did a little bit. But uh, I actually picked it up again in, in Finland. It, they had a great game there, too. And um, on and off, but not, not really. There were, I think I went through different transitions in my career where I was and I wasn't. And yeah. yeah. But it's so different, right? I mean, like you said, you put your own movie in. Now everybody has their own movies on their phone. On their phones, I yeah. mean, and that was kind of starting when you were playing here in Milwaukee, mm-hmm. but not like it is now. Like I couldn't, the, yeah. the, the Smartphones. F- and the yeah. fraternal, I, I, it's still there. But it's not like it was. Like it, 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 there isn't the big card game where everybody congregates in the back. There is that, that stuff isn't going on anymore. And it, it, it is different. I don't know if it's better, worse. Mm-hmm. It's just different. Mm-hmm. It's just it's different. What's it like in Finland then? Uh, when you're when you're riding on a bus, is it the same kind of thing? Same kind of bus. And how is the travel in Finland? So great. Okay, let's get into that. You know what? I really enjoyed my time in Finland, and I mean, it, probably the American League seasoned me for it. Now, my team, Yavaskula, which is very central Finland, and it was able to bus around. My longest bus ride was only four hours, and okay. that was to Not Oulu, bad. which is really far north, which is carpet where um, they 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 do a really good job up there with their program. Um, 
it wasn't far at all. And that's where Santa Claus is. So you're you're way up there, okay? <laughs> and then uh, ask any when you talk to a fan, you, yeah. you talk to a Finnish player that we get here, and they you ask them about Finland, and it's like the first thing out of their mouth. Home of Santa Claus, you know that, right? That's where Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, from. they have that. And most yeah. people, you know, all the all us North Americans, we North had no Pole, idea. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. Like, he's that's from the North, North Pole. Pole. No, no, no. Santa Claus, Finland. It's technically close to the North Pole, so it's <laughs> yeah. it's we're both above right. the Arctic Circle. Yeah. yeah. But it does get dark. I mean, there are, you know, you're on the bus at 4 o'clock, and it, it can be dark. It's it's pitch black, and they have the little sunlight, kind of like a laptop glow that yeah. gives you the vitamin D. And right. I didn't find it that depressing. You know what? Here, it's dark here at 6 o'clock, you know, sure. 6.30 now. Right. Sunset. Well, much earlier than that, even. Yeah, so, yeah. right. With daylight sa- when daylight saving ends, it's, yeah. uh, it's not fun. Yeah. So, travel wasn't too bad at all in that league. Not at all. I'd do it again. Absolutely. One of the players you played with on that team is a f- guy familiar to us. Probably more than one. Yuso Pustinen. Yes. You played with Pusti. I did play with him last year, and we actually did have great Admiral stories, and um, it, w- it was great to have that connection. Now, we did not play together when we were here with the Admirals, right. but we, were, we spent time in Milwaukee. Yeah. Pustinen was, was one of these guys, I, I, I don't know what he was like in a Finnish locker room. What's the language in, 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 your, in Finland? What's the, lang- the primary language in the locker room? Um, it is Finnish, okay. uh, and you know what? The first three years the coach really wasn't that fluent in English so all the meetings and everything were done in Finnish and I have a translator which would be another player yeah so they would put me next to in my stall would be a, a, a the one of the well spoker spoken English speaking Finnish players okay. okay how many imports can you be on your team um I don't know what the being now. Someone yeah. not from Finland. I haven't seen more than four or five sure okay. and I don't know but exactly. that counts Swedes that counts Russians Czech, that counts Canadians whatever Americans, Americans yes, yes that's, everybody yeah. um, so that they'd be deemed as an important but you know that it was it was really interesting and you had to get used to like somebody talking over the coach right because usually so he's know, doing this at the same time he's so doing this like at literally the same like time. a translator yeah it's not like afterwards saying okay Yanks here's what he said he yeah. said blah 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 right and you, you know, uh, uh, there comes a time where you know when somebody's mad. I don't care what language you're speaking. <laughs> For you sure. Can, if somebody's going off in Italian, you know if he's mad or not, or right, or, right, or if he's happy, or Polish, or whatever, right? Yes. Okay? For sure. So I didn't need any translation for some of it. And then you know when he's happy. And then I actually, we got to the point where I said, listen, I just, just tell me what, if there's any changes in, in the defense. Yes. Right? I don't need to do, and you're talking he's too talking loud. power yeah. play or right? forwards or whatever. And then there's another guy who's a Czech, who, or there's another Canadian across the room, and he's getting translated. Right. There's like three <laughs> other voices going over top, and this coach is trying to have a serious conversation. Can you imagine a Claude it's Noel crazy. or a right. Lane Lambert dealing with someone else talking while they're talking? No chance. <laughs> No chance. Yeah. Like, you'd get the eyes. But they get used. They know that that's part of the culture. If they want to have yeah, imports here, sure. English is, a, is the, you know, majority language in the world. It takes precedence. So you have the hockey to, playing world. You have to accommodate to a, a translation here. And Finnish is a tough language. So, um that was that was part of it, and and you got I got used to it, and then sometimes I'm like, listen, just I don't want it. I, you know what I mean. So, how how long was it before you realized that this guy played in Milwaukee? That Yusuf Pustinen's from Milwaukee. Right away. Right away. I I was in San Antonio. I played for the Rampage so against Pustinen. So Pustin. he knew me, and right away he said, listen, I remember you in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. I was in Milwaukee. Absolutely. So it was great. You you run across guys like that in that league. A lot yeah. that have come over, played in the American League, and then went back. Sure. sure like absolutely. that Pustin, he played here for two years, yep. broke his yep. kneecap in half, 
yeah. in a game. Taken, took a shot uh, in a, uh, on the PK, took yeah. a shot right off the knee. He told me the story. Yeah, shin yeah. pad had moved to the side, and like I really felt sorry for the guy because his, his leg couldn't go past. It had to be 180 degrees because the bone was cracked in half. Yeah, and so when he told that story, too, is that he went down. I think Ian Herbers was, was the coach. Was the coach. Yep. And he remembers and, and, Ian's and, and hold on, I'm just, yeah. let me add, we're wearing Girl Scout uniform jerseys that game. Okay. So it's this total paradox, right? <laughs> yeah. Like this tough guy, big time pain, he's wearing this, uh, the sa- a jersey yeah. with a sash across it. The brownie it. sash, yeah. Uh, yes, for sure. Yeah, and he's probably, he, Herbie's thinking that, oh, this is a European who's probably faking it. The right. injury. Because he doesn't want to be in the PK. And I think that they scored. And I and Pusty said when he came back to the bench, he was saying that Herbie was like, that thing better be broken because <laughs> you just cost us a goal because you blocked a shot or whatever and you didn't get up. You laid there. Sure enough, <laughs> X-rays come through. It was shattered. Yeah. So thank goodness it was. And but and but Pusty said you never forget that is that he got kept getting yelled at by the coaches and saying you know what you better For breaking get up. his leg right yeah. <laughs> you better get up it better, be better be broken better be broken funny it game sure was mm. Nolan Yonkman joining us here on the Milwaukee Admirals podcast speaking of shooting uh, there was a time where you got put out in a shootout San against San Antonio if I'm not mistaken yes it was I think believe it went into the later rounds that was maybe my first season here okay yes so uh, Claude was the coach. Claude was the coach. So what do you do? What, what's that like on the bench when Claude Noel comes to you? When Claude uh, a guy who is, mm-hmm. is known, I think you would say yourself, a defensive defenseman, mm, right, in your career? I'm humble enough to admit it. So, well, there's nothing, certainly nothing wrong with that. No, no. <laughs> no but you're not going to see me typically in a shootout. Is what right. we're getting we think yeah. of we think of guys like Linus Clausen or these or Linus Omark, these guys who do these crazy things with their hands, right? Sure. Spinorama stuff mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. So they come to tap you here comes Claude to tap you on the shoulder. I'd really like to look to see what month that was because we would practice shootouts in, you know, regular practices. Yep. You know, you're on a Monday or you're Tuesday, we would every week we would do at the end of practice. If you make practice, it you go you make it, you go, and it was a thing because that back the rule I think it just changed where the, the the we were decided by a shootout, yep. right? And it wasn't and there just was five of them, not just three. It yes, was five at the time. Five round of five, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you could rotate. I didn't know what the the rules have changed a little bit where you could use the same shooter twice, or you couldn't use the same shooter twice. Where you, I think you had to back then. I don't think you I don't could. think you, you could had to go no, through everybody not. back then. Right, yeah. you had to use yeah. You couldn't use the same player twice is right. what we're getting at. Until you got through, unless you went 17, 18 rounds. Yes. Right. So I, I don't think, I definitely did not go right away. But I was doing really well, and I had developed a little bit of a fake that really sucked our goalies in. And it was beating, especially guys that got called up that was a goalie or something like that, and we would do it. And, I mean, you know, you couldn't full peck a, a couple times. Like, he would get, you know what I mean? Here, the right. goalies would learn my move. I had the one move. Right. I had the which one is, move. Which that was what? Up. It was, I would come down on my, I was a right-handed shot, and I come down on my left side, and I actually took it from a bit of, Sheldon Surrey did it, where he wound up and he just fake hammered Fake the it. bomb. Fake the bomb. It was a fake bomb, knee drop, and then I push it, and it opens their five hole, and I would slide it into the five hole, and I was really successful with it, and I had a long reach. Once I get it out there, it really opened up. Anyway, so I think it got to the later rounds, and I was... And then I think he just, he had a does, hunch. Does the bench go crazy when they say, oh, I think so. And all the boys right. are tapping their sticks. Yes, like, oh, yes. hey, now I'm fired up. It's at home too, right? right yep. Right. And it's at home and it's, it wasn't the game winner, but I scored and then we needed the save. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I scored, and then San Antonio had a chance to come back. Then we had to save, and it was the game winner. It wasn't like everybody, once I scored, everybody was on the bench. But it was like it was very very close, and yeah. it was awesome to have that. I was gonna say that's picture. pretty cool. Yeah, that's we have a really picture cool. of it somewhere. I we think, do around. for sure. Um, but <laughs> there's probably the video has been lost. But but I'm sure that's picture. around somewhere. It's yeah. got to be around somewhere. I would think it's probably video before about '08. Yeah, is a little is more difficult you? to come by. Yeah, okay. that would have been seven with Claude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, we, I obviously that left a mark on Aaron and I because we I re- yeah. I can recall it like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That was. Uh, what else? That yeah. was fantastic. <laughs> the other thing, I, I you and I talked about this actually the other day, which it's kind of funny. But w- when we go to Toronto, mm. uh, you did such a great. You would you'd be in the back of the bus, and it was it wasn't holding court, but it was sort of a show. And mm. and you would entertain the boys with your Bob Cole from mm. the 1993 mm-hmm. uh, Stanley Cup or Western Conference Finals, I suppose it was at that point, because it was Toronto against Los Angeles. I would just use, I think anything from that team. I think it would be, I, it wasn't, I did use LA as a team because <laughs> I used either Gretzky's name or, um, yeah, Taylor or whatever it was. And it was always a tradition in Toronto because it just felt like that was, Part of hockey night. I don't Canada. know if I said it. He did this Bob Cole, uh, Bob right, Cole, right. right? Yeah. So it was the thing, and I think it was either the morning skate or where we drop off our gear. It was definitely not before the game. It was it was a loose period of time, and maybe it was the dead of winter, and the bus was really quiet. <laughs> and then I think just I wanted something to kind of liven it up, and I had done it in the past or whatever, and I kind of would go. And I'm glad it got some chuckles, and I'm glad you heard it. I love it. And it was uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I and the, I but can you do it? Can you do a little of it? Do you still uh, do it? I might be able to do it, and. Oh boy, here are the Leafs now, they need to come back. And here now, Ellett behind the net and passes it up to Zezel. Zezel now comes down, oh boy, here they come with flying colors now. With a shot, if Clark can get a shot off. And now Gilmore with the rebound. <laughs> That's so, so great. I, That's it's so a great. little I bit rusty. The fact, well, there's a Peter Zezel reference in yeah. there. That's terrific. Dave there's a Wendell Clark. There's a da- Yes, I love that. That's great, Dave Ellett. That's Todd awesome. Gill was another one that slides into memory. <laughs> That's so good. But uh, I can't so do the Harry Neal, who was his color. Harry Neal was also the very good... <laughs> But he's a little bit higher pitched voice. Is that what, growing up? Is that what you were? Do you remember that? Do you remember? 100%. So, but you grew up. You grew up in Saskatchewan. Yes. And you know how long have I known you? I've never pronounced the name of your hometown right. Punichi. Punishai. 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 Yes, it's an uh, area very native uh, influenced, just like Milwaukee. We yeah. have a lot of native Native American names here, and that area, Saskatchewan, Punishai is is one uh, uh, native name as well, and. I was just back there actually last week, and um, yeah, it was great. And but that was hockey night in Canada, it was it was a staple for Canada, as we all know, growing right. up, especially yeah. in the '90s. And yeah. I was a I was a Leafs fan, and Bob Cole and Harry Neal were, um, you know, in the in that the house it. every weekend. But yeah. you were a Leafs fan. I was because I was a big Wendell Clark fan, who everybody from your, your generation, age, yes, it's either Wendell Clark or Joe Sackick. Sure. That's it, and, and and Clark's a little bit older than Sackick, but not not a ton, not a lot older. But I th- but I, th- sure. those are the two guys, and I think that a lot of Sackick because I think Sackick's a BC boy, right? Yeah, exactly. So he's there, Burnaby Wendell, Joe, right? right? Right, And Wendell is from Saskatchewan. He was only an hour and a half, fifteen minutes north of where I'm from. Oh, really? Oh. So Kelvington, Saskatchewan, was a big big hockey producer. 
um, Joey Kosher, uh, Barry Melrose is from there, okay. Don okay. Clark, Kerry Clark, Kelly Chase. Calvington was a big hockey player. Oh, bed. that's Lane Lambert's area then, Lane right? Lambert. Yeah. yeah, Lane Lambert's from uh, Melford. 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 Yep. Yeah. yeah, so he's just a little even further north of Calvington. Um, so those guys were, those are big. I used to go to the Calvington hockey schools, and, you know, that was a big part. In, in 90, you know, 93, 92, I'm 12 years old, 11, 13 years old. So very in- influential then. And, and the Leafs were coming up, and they had the big run. Yeah, they did. Your athleticism you're becoming a professional hockey player is not necessarily i mean obviously you had to work hard to get it but it's in your my point is it's getting it's in your genes yes because tell us about your dad okay yeah great um my dad in the 70s was uh was a baseball player and he was a short reliever he um he never did play a major league game he played triple a ball back then it was in west palm beach florida and uh he was a pitcher and grew up in saskatchewan got noticed um expos the montreal expos had come to camp uh they came through canada he got noticed got an invite and they signed him to kind of basically would have been an ahl or east coast contract at the time which is triple a ball maybe double a back then i don't know what it was in the 70s early 70s sure um and he and he played there and it, it was great. So yeah, so he they was a just pitcher. came through, and mm-hmm. they would say, "Hey, we're having tryouts." Is that how yeah, it would be, I'd, or don't you really know? I mean, I mean, he'd be able to obviously tell you the more. From what I remember him telling me is that he was successful in Canada, right? Yeah. So now, I mean, this is the Montreal scouting system. Obviously, we're you know, there's either the Blue Jays or the Montreal Expos. I think that was our the only two. Well, and the Blue Jays didn't come till '77, right? So yes. So, so was Montreal, Montreal was, was the only one, and then he grew up with. He's the same era as Gary Carter, right. Alice yep. Valentine, Larry Parrish. Sure. Those are the those Montreal Expos, yeah. and he he knows stories from those guys. And um, but um, you know what? There was big contracts and stuff back then. But he played with Gary, and Gary moved on, and obviously had the career he did. Sure. Um, but Dad, how many years did he play? Do you know? I think it was five years. And wow. He so hurt a considerable his amount of time. Yeah. Now he. Never did hurt the, with the Tommy Johns back then, yep. but he did do something with his elbow. And was he a lefty? He was a righty. He was. And a uh, short reliever. Um, I think he had the gas. I was just going to say, he must have gas, the gas, right? Yeah, he was 6'3", six, 6'4", six, and he was a little bit lighter. Back then, ball players were a little bit lighter. Yeah. Um, but uh, he enjoyed every minute of it. He was injured, came back, met my mom in, I think, 78, got married in 79, and had me in 81. Okay. He was a farmer, and he ran a sporting goods store. My mom was a school teacher. Wow. Yeah, and had me in 81. Uh, is your mom still working? My mom is a retired school teacher. My dad has just retired from farming, and they live in Kelowna, British Columbia. Oh, now. they live in Kelowna now. Right. Yeah. So they moved out to the coast. They moved out. Yeah, country mouse to city mouse. Yeah. <laughs> so they moved to the Canadian Florida, I like to call it. The so Canadian they retired. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you get drafted... And, and, and you had a little bit of, I don't want to say, turmoil is not the right word, but you played for a couple of teams in, in uh, the Western Hockey League. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because we talk about Saskatchewan, and when I first knew you, I always thought of you as a Winnipeg guy because you played, you finished your junior career in Brandon, not far from Winnipeg. So I right. always took it at that, and when we'd go to Winnipeg, your folks would be there and all of that stuff. So that's what I, what I always remember. But I'm curious what it's like the draft process for you. You're a second-round pick of the Washington Capitals. Um, at that time, they may have been just coming off a cup. They were they were in the vicinity, right? They were in they ni- were yes. uh, uh, they lost to Detroit. Ninety eight, yes, they were in the final to Detroit. Correct. Yes, so I mean, you're going, you get drafted by a player, like a, a, a major. Yeah, this is a, a, getting drafted is a big deal. Getting yes. drafted by a Stanley Cup contender is is a bigger deal. Yeah, it was, and that was a. 
I mean, that Washington Capitals team that came back the next year, the character and the men, I mean, that was a wide awakening process of going to that camp. Dale Hunter's still playing there. Right. Chief. Uh, the St. Louis uh, Craig, Craig Berube is still playing there. Well, you would have had Mark Tenorti, right? Or Mark, no? Or no, did he just, just retired because he had just been hurt. He just retired. But Cal Johansson's there. Brendan Witt is the defenseman. Ola Kolzig is the goaltender. Was Gonchar um, there? Gonchar was there. Peter Bondra is there. Yeah. Wow. Adam Oates is in there. Like all legendary capital players. Yes. So I did a few training camps. I was 18. I mean, the process and being around how, those how guys. How did you find out you were drafted? The draft is so much different now than oh. than it was back then. What year What year is your draft? Oh, 99. 99. 99. So do you... Yeah, you, it was in Boston. It was in Boston. Did you go to it? I did. You did. Okay. I did. There did was, you have to have an invite? No, you can go. Uh, I don't think you... Do you have to have an invite now? I don't know. I'm Back not aware then, of that. You, yeah. you can go. If but you don't. If you don't feel like you're in the top one two rounds you know your agent the central scouting they kind of rank you i was late i was rated <laughs> late first round early second in a way and that's what happened and i did i was 37th yeah. overall right um so we decided yeah we'll go agent said yeah you get you should come and you never know what can happen and it'll be a great experience they took chris beach that year who actually was another admiral yes chris he was he was the first round chris pick beach is probably the difference between the admirals winning the calder cup in 06 this is the year before you yep. got there and the yep. admirals Losing Kirk, it to Hershey. Kirk Dobbinsbeck was is a former Badgers goalie from Madison who played he was the backup goalie to Freddie Cassivi for Hershey the, that team. And I happened to be at a party that summer in 06, and Kirk Dobbinsbeck told me we don't win if we don't get Chris Beach. So yeah. Chris Beach is playing for us. He was traded for Brendan Witt, actually. Brendan yeah. Witt, uh, yeah. Who never and this was after, so you get drafted with him and then a few years later he gets traded. Yep. Back at, at, toward the end of your run in Washington. Toward the end of the run. That's right. He got traded back. And I was on that. Uh, the, you were on the 06 team, team but, but you were hurt in the playoffs is, uh, for Hershey nope. in 06? Or you weren't playing in the no, end? Uh, I was up with the big club. Yeah, I made it. They and they, I uh, played so many games for the Capitals. I wasn't being – I didn't qualify to get sent down to Hershey. To sent down to, uh, which would have been in the long run. I probably would have been better to play on that Hershey team yeah. and have a really good – I was – you know what, I was I had gone through three years of tough injury and they took a chance. I mean, kept me as a seventh defenseman in 05, 06. Yep. And I really lost a lot of I think development mentally and physically, but they kept me along. I played thirty eight games for the Capitals that year. Um, I did play six games for the Bears. I got sent down on a conditioning stint, but then sure. got called back up. Yeah. Yep. Um but now, needless to say, that Hershey team went to went on a championship. I think that would have been probably good for me instead of the Capitals that year we played Glenn Hanna was a coach, and it would, everything was fine. We just didn't make the playoffs. So my season ended April 17th, 15th, whatever it was, and I, my season was done. Now, could I have kept – I would have loved to play the Calder Cup playoffs. Right. But, you know, and that would have been great for me. Now, although, can you, Aaron – I'm not to put you on the spot. Can you name a defenseman from that Hershey Bears team? We could name all the forwards, right? Mm. And you've named Frederick Cassivi. I can't think of a single defenseman <clears throat> who played for Hershey that season. Uh, but luckily, Boy, I should, yeah. the miracle of modern technology. Yeah, I was gonna. I, 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 always, I always wanted to say Mike Green came at the end, but I don't. Th I, he, and he, I don't. But I think he played. He didn't play in the series against Milwaukee. I yeah. think he played maybe in the first. Series and maybe a couple of games out of he juniors. He would have been really young. But yes, exactly. Yeah, and, and and that's just it. I think maybe he was 18 or 19 Mike, and he Mike, went back. Mike Green played 21 games in the playoffs for Hershey that year. He okay. did. He did. Yep. Uh, you've got Lawrence. So he would have played in that series Lawrence then. Lawrence Nicolette. Mm -hmm. Lawrence Nicolette, sure. Yep, would have played in that series. Mike, yep. Mark Walton. Mark uh, Walton, yeah. Yeah, he, he played. Was Helmer uh, there? Brian Helmer? Brian Helmer. No, Helmer. Or maybe he was. 
Uh, uh, Jacob Chuda, J.F. Fortan. Um, J.F. Fortan, yep. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Yep. Uh, uh, Dean Arsini. Dean Arsini, yeah. Uh, he played 21 games. Who Martin are, Wildey. Who are the goaltenders? Cassivi uh, and, and Dobbin Speck. And Dobbin Speck. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but Cassivi was the uh, – He was the, the MVP. He was the playoff MVP. Um, yeah, we uh, – so, so, yeah, anyway, then the next year I became a free agent. We had Mike Green going up, coming up. They also drafted Jeff Schultz in the first round. Yeah. Sure. Um, I was definitely not uh, NHL up to par. I was a better 21-year-old player. I played 11 games as a 20-year-old for yeah. the Capitals. Sure. Then I had suffered injuries. We'll go through this real quick. And I just was never the same at 25, 26. I was a better player at, when I was 20 21. years old. I had two knee surgeries. I was coming, broke my arm, orbital surgery. I was just a mess. Yeah. Now free agency takes me to Nashville. Nashville, and the next season I'm in Admiral. Did you have other options? Did you did other teams come to you and say, "Hey," and you chose, "Hey, mm-hmm. I know how." I'm, uh, I'm sure that your agent had yeah. his contact if from a I lot of guys, back. a lot of teams. I, mean, I think there was Detroit. I could have been a Grand Rapids Griffin, or I could have been with Phoenix was with me. Yeah, I remember wanting to sign me as well, and I kept Phoenix always. <laughs> you ended up. I ended up going there finally. Yeah, they they tried it in a way every year. It was great. That they, they always kind of were trying to pull me out of here to San Antonio, and, <laughs> and they eventually, eventually did. Eventually did it. Yeah. But you, you you come to Milwaukee in 06, 07, and that team has got a lot of turnover from our 05, 06 mm-hmm. team. New Jersey's now. New, new, new Jersey's even, Completely yeah. New Jersey's, a completely new look. Yep. But gone is the Darren Hadars, yes. Simone Gamache, uh Greg Clausen, guys. Pekka who, starts the season Pekka's, injured. Pekka's not he isn't playing, mm-hmm. so Carl Gehring. <laughs> Uh-huh. Now that's an interesting, I mean, you know, uh, interesting juxtaposition with a hum- you and Alex Henry, <laughs> humongous uh-huh. hulking defenseman, and Carl. Talk about a great decor, right? And that year, Brooke Brookie, Bank won, Brooke won Bank the Eddie is Shore. The Eddie Shore, right. Eddie Shore. He was playing with Koistinen, another Finnish player. A guy who played in the Olympics, who many just games in the fed NHL. Brooke Bank yeah. pizza, cupcakes after, cookies <laughs> after, whatever he wanted to gobble up, Brooke Bank was putting in the net. And. Or vice versa, you know, and, right. and that was a great one-two pair. Then you have uh, Kleiner with Henry ended yeah. up playing. So Kevin Klein now is another defenseman yeah. in there. Yeah. Myself was in there. I played with another Finnish guy, Mikko Lettinen. Mikko Lettinen yeah. got traded in the middle of the got year. traded toward the end of the year. Yeah. yeah, he wore number 10, an odd number for a defenseman. Yeah, I played with him, and then TJ Reynolds, I think, was the seventh. Yes, yeah. TJ was the seventh. Yeah, was a so tough dude. Was that the year of Victor Uchevatov as well? Victor would have been because he was been here been to Radulov be a buffer for Alex Radulov. Yeah. 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 What was it like to play with him? I, I've said so many times, and I don't want to put you on the spot. No, though, but I'd love great. for you. To we want to give the fans some, the, some well, juicy stuff. Alex Radulov, to me, is one of the most skilled players to have ever come here. There's no yes. disputing that. He had 18 points in 11 games. Yes. But he was six in also, one game, I think, right? He was also one of the more frustrating players. Uh, he, he was just so young, I think, and that, and that was the thing, right? He was yeah. just – it didn't seem like he had much of an attention span. You hear great things about him now, and right. I haven't talked to him in 15 years since he was here. You hear great things about him, but it just seemed like he was all scattered and, and just mm. just being a, a first-round pick and enjoying every moment of his life and, and not caring much about anybody else but, but what he was doing. But yeah. that's, that's a typical 20-year-old, yeah, maybe. Yeah, typical 20-year-old Russian in a way, too. You yeah. know, uh, Semin was the same way with the Capitals. He got came to Portland. But back on Taradulov, 
Um, you know what? I hear still the same thing. He's a little bit of a scatterbrain at the same time. Sure. Like he, uh, Claude Noel nicknamed him Benny Hanna because <laughs> we would be coming into the, he'd be coming into the, we'd be coming into the pod, like Claner Lane would blow the whistle and we'd come in to hear the next drill. Yeah. And there's Radulov with his ADD that in the corner chopping stick up handling. the, stick handling the puck, <laughs> like Benny Hanna <laughs> chopping the puck. You know what I mean? And it's all you can hear is the stick handling, and we're kind of like, you know, like, hey, the coach is going to talk here. Like, yeah, we should pay attention over, here, yeah. right? So he had some attention, I, I do know, and he, you know, it, which is totally fine. There's, you know what, that's what it was. But it was, he was very energetic. He was very, it was very hard to keep his attention. And he yeah. was at two places at once and which, you know what, maybe made him a great player as well because he always had the energy and the drive. And I think he's doing wonderful things in Dallas. Yeah. And I hear the same thing that in the room, like he is – He's off the he's wall. Just as, yeah, he's a yeah, different yeah. guy. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. the game in Peoria? And this goes to another shootout, but do you remember the game in Peoria where he gets a penalty with 12 minutes to go? He gets a 10-minute misconduct? It was. I think oh, it was maybe. his last. I'm 99% sure okay. it was the last game he played with the Admirals, actually. Okay. We had a sleeper bus for some reason. Okay. Claude is the coach. Okay. The uh, Radulov gets a 10-minute misconduct for, I think, bumping an official. Okay. Uh, he goes to the locker room, and rather than wait it out... He gets dressed and is sitting on the bus by the time we get to overtime in the shootout. Do you remember this Take at all? Your gear off. Yeah, I use I this. Know. I use this story all the time to kind of what I, I might just have said not been about hurt. I might have been hurt. I don't know. I I, I I remember him something like that, but <laughs> oh but I, remember, I wouldn't be surprised. I remember after know, the game, Claude Noel griping and rightfully so. Mm -hmm. This guy's uh, he doesn't belong here. I don't know. He's going to ever play for me again. He's going to sit the next game. And mm -hmm. Lane's just kind of like, yeah, right on, right on. And then Barry Trotz called and said, we're calling up Radulov. And Claude's like, are you kidding me? He Did you hear what, he ju what just happened? I and know. But that was it. And I'm pretty sure it was his last game that he played with Milwaukee. There you go. You know what? They they are so, I mean, again, I, it's interesting when I get to see the European side of it after being over there now sure. in Finland. And, and you just understand what they, we have a different, we have a way of life of here too. It's just totally different than over there. Yeah. And you know, he was very skilled. He's absolutely an NHL player. He had some great years in the KHL, but his bedside manner or his his way of dealing with, you know, daily North American transaction of hockey is not great. Yeah. 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 But when, okay, great. so that begs the question then when you go over there, how do you fit in? Yeah. Do you fit in like a nice Canadian boy and you don't want to rock the boat or do you have way, to go in and yeah you, you observe before you move in a way I put myself in the reverse role I wouldn't want a European player coming into the locker room say here in the North America and just demanding this is how we want to do things well no this is not how we do things right, right. Uh, you either learn our way or you know what you can have the first boat home right <laughs> so i kind of is I, that your responsibility as the captain if that were to ever ha did that <laughs> ever happen to you um there were one-on-one -on -one meetings yes. i definitely think with some of the eastern european players okay. um you know scandinavian swedes and and finnish player they they kind of would get like, it they yeah, would get yeah, it yeah. i think the only time you could run into is that eastern whether it's czech or russian or whatever it sure. is sure right we had a, a big hulking defenseman Yes. Uh, oh, not not named Olin Yankman. No. Uh, we signed a couple of years later. Gosh, why, and his name is totally uh, abandoning me right now. But he's going to go back to Europe, right? He yeah. tells Lane Lambert, yeah. "This is my last game." Richard uh, Stahelik. Richard, Richard, Richard Stahelik. Richard Stahelik. Yes. I just talked with Lane. Uh, 
maybe a month ago, and we yeah. brought that up. Yeah. And I and I and I, <laughs> I called Lane before the season started, and I wanted to just you know wish him good luck. And I know once he gets going, it's going to get busy. Right. And then we were laughing about old stories, and we actually talked about this story. I remember him, and we were playing in still in Quad, Quad City. Cities. Quad City. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You knew where we were going with this. Uh, yeah. Yep. And Lane just had enough. He guy he, he kind of got walked out of the corner, and I was playing with him, and I'm like, oh my god, this is this guy's killing me right now. Like, right. he's all over the map, and he's big, and he's not taking, he's not playing big, and and Lane just had enough, and then yeah, it was a that done. that draft class. He was part of that draft class. It was Suter, Klein, Weber, okay, uh, Saltzer. Okay. And, uh, and and Richard Staley, and I think that was the f- it was either five of the first six or it was the first five picks that that year in '03 by Nashville. Right. Yep. And they hit on quite a few, and they missed on a couple. Richard Staley <laughs> like anybody, they missed yeah. on a couple. Just like anybody, any yeah, team. That's right. He says Staley says to Lane, "I'm going home, yeah. but I play this I'll game. I'll play up. one more period, and I'm one going more home. Period. Yes." <laughs> I'll play one more period right. that I'm going home. Oh, you think so? You think you're going to play, huh? Did you hear this? Yeah, I think Lane and I talked about it. I remember he came into Lane's office and he said, I'll play the rest of this period or something, and then I'm I'm going home. Or this game or something. Right, right. Or, <laughs> no, he here's what it was. Yeah, okay, go ahead. No, you go. <laughs> this is how it went. He came in after like the first or second period and said, I'll finish this game, but after that, I'm going home. Yeah. And Lane was like, oh, you think so? The heck you You're are. not even playing it. You take your stuff off now, or he just benched him. I can't remember what he did, right. but he never played the rest of the game <laughs> after that. That's what it was. Lane, yeah. I mean, we've talked about Lane many times, and we hope to have him on this podcast, yes. but he doesn't suffer fools, mm-hmm. right? Like, he, uh, he's, he, you know for sure he's not putting a guy out there uh, that doesn't have his heart into it. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. It was. And that was the best, you know, Lane, you can't fool him. You know, yeah. he was, he was. Did you get um, scared when he would come in and he would. He'd get hot. He would get, get hot. hot. Did that, was that intimidating? How does that. You well, know, you've played a lot of hockey at that point. Though, so maybe it's just. Yeah. You, I mean, I grew up in the nineties. I mean, I've seen <laughs> some hot stuff. <laughs> right. You know, major junior, there was tough guys and the coaches coming in and throwing Gatorade water bottles again, or jugs against the wall, smashing red fruit punch Gatorade all over the carpet, right. Staining everything on the socks. And like, I, I've seen a lot of stuff. I've been, I think I was more scared. I got through that transition in junior. Sure. Yeah. By the time I got here at two five five, and Lane and I kind of had an understanding too, that He's like, I know I'm going to blow up. And I right. said, okay, that's fine. Because I knew it was coming. So that needed to get done. And I, you know what? It was hot, but I, you know, there was a process there that needed to, 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 to set that example. Curious how you saw him progress as a coach then, because it's one thing to get hot when you're, you, but you mature. We all uh-huh. mature, right? Uh-huh. Uh, over, over a few years. So his first year as a coach is your second year uh-huh. with the Admirals. You played three years under him as the head coach. Uh-huh. How did the maturation process go for well, for you, for that matter, too? Mm-hmm. But for for him, how did how did he change, or again, did he change? Again, we talked about this too last month, and then he said that he's come a long way of learning patience. And it was hot, and as the years went on, he was less and less hot. Sure, right. I think, and he meant he did admit that, um, or we just got used to it. Um, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
but, I but they have to pick their harder. spots, right? They have to. He, coaches but, have to pick their spots. He enjoyed it. He enjoyed having a good time. He allowed us to have a good time. We were a team that liked right. to have a there good time in Milwaukee. There was a lot of respect there. Yes, there was a lot you of respect. You know, we were that transition era. I think after the new CBA, it seems like after the CBA era lockout, it's just like a change of the guard somehow. Right. And I liked it that I I kind of grew up when I first started in, in Portland, Maine, with the Pirates. It was, you know, they're smoking in bars, and there it was hockey. It was you. <laughs> You ate as much as you wanted, drank as much as you wanted. You would fight the next night, and you were just nails, nails hockey, right? <laughs> and then it transitioned to coming into Milwaukee. They were still smoking in the bars here. And you know what? You had a great time in Milwaukee, and you played hard, and Lane demanded that of us. Yes. He knew that we went out, or we would have a good weekend if we played hard and w did well on our weekend games Friday, Saturday. We deserved that, and we had deserved a Sunday off, and we... And you know what? We enjoyed Milwaukee beverages. Yeah. And sure. that was totally fine. Absolutely. Right? And that was that still 05, 06, 06, 07, or whatever it was, right? Yeah. It was still an old, it was. Old it school was, mentality, was. yeah. And, but you know what? Monday, he demanded it, and we had to get it out, and we had to play hard. And whether we, you know, whether we fought each other in practice or he, if he, he would challenge you, he knew what it was about. And, and that was the best thing about it. He allowed us to have fun, but he also challenged us. One of the big biggest call-ups or biggest transactions he has the admirals had uh not necessarily on the ice but off happened in about 09 and we had jason aldean scheduled to come in for a concert <laughs> yep. and jason aldean says i'm sick i'm canceling my shows two weeks out and this is you know we're at the bradley center and we don't have a lot of you know dates where we're drawing 15,000 or 16,000, but country night was and so Blake Shelton had been in a couple of years before and had said, uh, and we maybe it was the year before, I can't remember exactly. This was his first time, actually, Shelton's this was, first time. This was Shelton's. Okay, yeah. I apologize. Yeah. I got this, the, uh, was it the first or second? Well, the first time he came was subbing for Jason Aldean. Yeah. Then there was okay, a second, the second time, time that we came. knew he was coming. So we said, we said Blake? The, it, okay, I know where you're going with yeah. this. This so was the second, second time. time. Okay. Because well, I went time. to the first time. I remember that one. Because yep. I was not living here then. I was still commuting from Madison, okay. and I walked in that morning thinking I'd hear a Jason Aldean sound check, or that afternoon, and it was Blake and Shelton. It was Blake Shelton. Exactly. So we said, we said to Blake Shelton, hey, will you do this? He said, yeah, sounds like a great time. And he did. Cover for Jason Aldean. Saved our butts. Saved everyone. Yep. You know, having great a Great show. We moved on. Yeah. So we then we move on, and you happened to, at the time especially, had the flow going on. Not so much flow anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh Going for the more aerodynamic look, mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. and, oh, it's Finland. And, yeah, Finland, right? Yeah, so it froze off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you looked like Blake Shelton. I did. And this is before Blake Shelton is on The Voice and before he's a big-time superstar, but he was big. But I was going to say, yeah, he was. this is like maybe his emergence as a major, major, yes. major deal. And so we're, we're, we set it up. We're doing actually uh, Admirals All Access with you. Steve Olson, our videographer, is following me around. And we're like, well, this is awesome for the show. Like, everything's coming together. Yeah. And their their tour manager isn't sure. Like, yeah. he's a little nervous to approach Blake. Should we do it? And he's finally just well, says, hey. Well, whose, whose idea was this here? To so get you on. Steve and I. Yeah. Because to I, get you I on brought. on stage with Blake Shelton. So yeah. I brought my guitar just thinking that I'm just going to get him to sign, sign it. it. Since we're doing it all access. Yep. Steve is following me around. Yes. Right. And I installed to Steve. I said, we Steve. Talk, we talk about this a little bit in advance saying, hey. Yeah. Because we asked the tour manager. Could Blake go up on stage? Or not no, Blake? Nolan, yeah. Could Nolan. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what do we have to lose? Steve, record this. If he says no, we cut the tape. Nobody knows any different. Right. But if this develops into something, you got this on tape, and it's great. 
So let's go with it. Let's ask the, the manager. And he, you're right. You were there. And the we asked the tour, the manager, and he said, okay, well, let's ask him when he gets off for the encore. So right. Blake comes off for the encore. He doesn't know what's so going on. So you waited on. that long. We waited. But I also, he went on stage, but I also had to get undressed. So I had to shower sure. and I got my... But right. this wasn't set up at 10 in the morning after no. a morning skate or anything. That's the it was, thing. This was ambush marketing. At <laughs> this was. This was. And we had the camera there. I had the vest on. I had the yep. suit on. I had the, the guitar. guitar. Yep. I mean, how much more legit... Blake's probably thinking, who is this act? Never heard him. Probably just a local. <laughs> right. Why not? Right. Right. I'm right. all for new talent. <laughs> he's he's going to produce your next record. This guy kind of yeah. looks like me. Uh, and, and so the manager's like, yeah, whatever. He was for it, but you could tell. Like, they wanted to get out of here. They wanted to go to Chicago. The next day, they weren't staying. They wanted to get going. So we asked him, nothing to lose. Blake says, yeah, well, you can watch it on you on YouTube I'm in the video. It's all that's all real. That's all real time right there. Whatever you see on YouTube when whatever Steve recorded, yep. that was a one take, one shot. It was either going to work or it wasn't. And I can't remember. I've watched the video on YouTube a hundred times. <laughs> did you ask Blake? Say, hey, can I go up there? Yes. With you? Yeah. I did. I asked him, can I go up there with you and finish? finish and he the says encore? to you, he says to you, do you know the redneck girl song? And I said absolutely, because I'm a country guy. Right. Bellamy Brothers. Bellamy Brothers. Who plays like it, you didn't just have a guitar? You played the guitar. I yeah, I did. They didn't. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't plug me in. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> a little secret for the fans. <laughs> yeah, right. right. Well, it was acoustic. <laughs> they, they liked me. They right. didn't trust me that well <laughs> to screw it up. But right. it was still good. I sang a little bit of the chorus. How nervous were you up there? I was nervous, but it was hard because I knew the song, but it was so hard because it's so loud. You can't hear yourself. That's why the musicians, they have those that ears in. Yep. Yep. They keep them in. I've always wondered that. If anybody out there is wondering why do they put those, are, I mean, I guess musicians and artists will know why they have it in there. In that big of a venue and that loud of whatever's going on, it's unbelievable when you're actually singing or you're talking and you cannot hear yourself. Yeah. It really throws yourself off, and then I'm starting to forget the words, so I just kind of did a short chorus, and it, it was, and I enjoyed it, and then thanked them, and, and it was what it was. But right. it was, I wasn't nervous. The headlights are in your face. Right. I couldn't see anybody. I couldn't see the Bradley Center. I could see maybe the first the five rows. The ice, yeah. <laughs> first five rows. Right. And then that was it, and then I, but I felt like a rock star. And then now, speaking of Lane, so now I get down the thing. I thank Blake. Blake signs the guitar. He's on the tour bus. He's out of there. I got this guitar in my hand. Pretty much all the players have gone. I'm going back to the back door where the service entrance is. And Lane comes around the corner with his wife. And they're just like, oh, my God, can you believe this? And I'm like, oh, my God, can you believe what just <laughs> happened? We're like, he's, he's ecstatic. And whoever the players and never coaching staff has left that watched it, everybody, we were just like, oh, my God, I could not believe that just happened. Do you, where's that guitar now? It's actually in storage in San Antonio. I have a whole apartment in San Antonio. It is. Still. <laughs> it I is. have to go get that. But it's a funny thing. You've played the last few years in Finland, and you told us the other day that your team saw the video of you singing with Blake Shelton. Yes. So what happens then? So now I'm in Finland, okay, and we're having a team Christmas party. Like a 10-year-old video by this point, right? Or at least. Seven, at least, yeah. And Blake Shelton is world famous. At yes. This huge. He's huge. Yes. So I think what had happened was when the team signed me, you know, uh, now with technology, I mean, I'm assuming that management, whatever, they look, they Google me. You can just Google, right? right. We do it. Bring That's it up. What we do here. Who is this guy? Yeah. There it is. This video comes up. And they came up to me and they're like, they had a, they had hired a band for the, the staff party. It was like we usually have, staff yeah. Christmas yeah. party. Yeah. Yeah. You know, players, management, you know, owners, all that kind of stuff. And they're like, you know what? We saw you play. 
with Blake Shelton. Do you mind playing for us? Please grace us with your presence. Uh, playing. <laughs> <laughs> will you play the jazz flute for us? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, but will you play, uh, you know, something? And I was like, oh, my gosh. No, guys. I think. But you know what? I did have a few glasses of wine, and I ended up going up, and I ended up playing and singing. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. What did uh, you play? Do you remember? It was an Eric Church song. Like it wasn't a Blake Sheldon. It should have been a Blake Sheldon song. There you go. But those, they didn't know anything. I said, do you guys know any country music? And we kind of brought up a tab. And the, I mean, these guys are Finnish players, right? right, <laughs> right, said, right. Can you read anything? What do you know? They're like, oh, we knew an Eric Church song. So I said, perfect. Pump it in. Let's take it from the top. <laughs> Take it from the top, boys. One and a and two. Yeah, and don't go too fast. One and yeah. a two. We are we are going really long. We appreciate your time, uh, but we're gonna we're gonna close it with this, maybe. Sure. Yeah. One of the things that that I think fans around here will re- always remember about Nolan Yonkman, like you're doing now, you were gracious with your time. Um, you, Scott Ford, you are you you are the two guys that in my time here. Uh, are kind of the beacons to look to at guys who assimilated themselves into the community. And your friends weren't only the guys in that locker room. Mm. Yes, Mm -hmm. you were able to establish relationships outside of that locker room. And Mm -hmm. I think... I think it's a it's a it says a lot about where you were in life. I mean, your maturity at that point. You weren't a rookie anymore, so that's part of it. But but it says a lot about you and and your folks and 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 Fordo and his folks and all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And I think fans they still respond to you guys, and it's it's really cool to see. You haven't played here in ten years, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you, they still respond to you. That night we had in July for the fiftieth anniversary celebration. They still respond to you, and that's and that's pretty cool. How? When did you learn? Was it Milwaukee where you learned that you needed to to do that? Because I mean, you'd been Portland, Hershey, Washington. I mean, you'd kind of been all around a little bit for yeah. for your pro career up until that point. Yeah, I think you nailed it there. With you know, you're just becoming a, a, a young man in a way. You know, that's 27. I was 26, 25. I I was always kind of community active. In 2003, I won Humanitarian of the Year for the AHL Portland Pirates team. Okay. Did so you really? I was, I was wow. always active. Now, I was hurt and I wasn't playing, so sure. I, that's all I had to do. Yeah. So I, I was nice to, to qualify. You know that yeah. Humanitarian Award? Yep. Absolutely. So the Yannick Award maybe now, yeah. St- yeah, it started there in Portland. Um, by that time now, I, I transitioned to Milwaukee, but I just felt like it, it was a Midwestern. I'm Midwestern Canadian. Whether it was the same feel of, of being home, I enjoyed, you know, playing in the downtown, I like here and living not too far away. Then we had fans that kind of came on board, and I was big in with the restaurant industry, and, and they wanted to come to games. And, you know, we, ha- we had a lot of great following fan base, and it kind of just snowballed from there. Yeah. And then they they have kids and that they want to come to the game. And then I'm going to the practices, or we would do events. And you know, you know what? Real quick, again, uh, I was just... I'm helping out with the power here in town. Yeah. A kid, uh, Garrett Alton, who uh, came to one of our, uh, like, uh, skate around. And right. I have a picture with him when I was when he was right? just a little kid, and now I'm, I'm, Alton, I'm coaching uh, him. Let me just say two things about that. When you first started with the Admirals, I had been around. I mean, I started with the team in 2000. I was started doing my current job in 2003. So by the t- it's six or seven years, and – I had never had a player come up to me and say, hey, I'm doing this event without me saying, will you do this <laughs> you event? You need to do this event, yeah. You were the first one to do it. It was a, it was a fashion show with Harley Davidson. And and I found out about about it after the fact. Talk about vanity. And, yeah, well, but, not, <laughs> but you were volunteering. It was for a good cause. And then we actually got in with that fashion show for a few years afterwards. But you were the first person player I ever had hmm. that didn't 
that just did it on their own without like, hey, sure, uh, you know, like uh, how do I get involved or whatever, or me saying, do this, please do this. And so that's certainly a compliment to you. Uh, the second thing is when we did a Nolan Yonkman bobblehead, I think you were a little maybe embarrassed about this, like the number of requests you had from tickets. Like that's – it's – you're saying, hey, I need – I'm going to need yeah. a lot of tickets for this game. And we were at the Bradley Center. It didn't matter, right? It was no big deal. But it went to show the impact that you had on the community, on these kids, that you took the time to get to know them and to know parents and to know people outside of the Admiral's sphere. You turned people on to Admiral's hockey, yeah. which is like being an ambassador. Yes. And that is, you know, maybe you were embarrassed to ask for so many tickets. I thought it was awesome. I thought yeah, it was fantastic good. because of that. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, guys. And I, I, it was just really enjoying being a hockey player, and that was all part of it. It felt like I played in a small town because we're coming to the game tonight. You're going to fight tonight, or right. you're going to get a goal, or whatever. And that would get me jazzed up. And right. I remember getting tickets because back then every player had two tickets. I think we st- I don't know if we still do that. Everybody gets sure. two. Everyone gets and two I would be, who's not using their tickets? Right. collecting. And I'd be like, I need 20, and now I'm short, and I'd be texting you. And. You know, they would all come, and they'd br- I'd make sure that they bring their kids, or we would, you know, that's all part of the growing the Admirals brand and the next generation of Admirals fans that needed to come up and be a part of that hockey, and, and it got me going, and it elevated my game. Yeah. And because then after, I'd go to, say, a steakhouse, or I would go for dinner after, and they'd be all kind of all jazzed up in there, and we would win, and you just, that would get you through week to week. Yeah. If you're in the dog days of January and February... That kind of got you going. That, yeah, absolutely. And it was enjoyed just I just really enjoyed being a hockey player and you guys did a great job. I mean, I love working for you guys and it, it, was, it was just a round and round thing that we got and here we are today. Now I am right. I'm so sitting back here and running circle, up right? running a podcast and I still enjoy being a part of the Milwaukee uh, culture and I've been all over the world and somehow it just and you, keeps And you and you live here back. now. Like you married a Milwaukee girl? Yes. And you guys So are here. there you go. Now now Milwaukee is is you know, depending on how the season will go or whatever, but I'll always have ties to Milwaukee. Thanks for doing this. Thank you. It guys. was great. Yonks, so much fun. Appreciate your time. Nolan Yonkman, former Admirals captain, and he's going to be. He's around town, and he's going to be on the TV on broadcast. Exactly yeah. on my twenty-four. Looking forward to it all season long. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. Thank you for listening to the Milwaukee Admirals podcast.